Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast. My name is Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram, and I am your host. In today's episode, I am recapping the Giants' first loss of the season, which happened during primetime Monday Night Football versus the Dallas Cowboys at home at MetLife Stadium. And there is a lot to talk about, so let's get started get into this, I just want to say one thing about Jones, because coming out of that game last night, there, it seems like it was 50-50. People either felt like Jones did everything he possibly could to win that game, which is where I stand. And then there are the other people, the wrong people, who are saying that Jones sucks and he lost the game. So I don't know what game you people were watching, but it was not the same game that I was at that I was watching. And here's why. Jones did everything he could to win that game. And when we talk about the offense, which we're going to talk about right now, and we go into stats, I hope that you can listen and you can understand that. And I don't care whether or not you like Jones or you think he's the face of this franchise and he's going to be the franchise quarterback for the Giants, whatever. A lot of people, myself included, who support Jones don't necessarily think he's the future or think he's a franchise quarterback, but you can think that and still give credit where credit's due. So you can't look at last night's game objectively and say Jones was terrible and had the worst game of his life because statistically, you're wrong. So go back and watch the game. Look at it with a different set of eyes. And look at what Jones did. The guy was running for his life. He got sacked five times and hit 12. And I thought this was an excellent point by the Giant Insider. And I think you guys probably know this already. I love them. I think they do an incredible job. They have a podcast, a newspaper. Chris is um, a beat writer for the Giants for 30 years. He just really knows what he's talking about. But this is what he tweeted about Jones getting sacked. If Jones couldn't run like he did yesterday, running for his freaking life, he would have gotten sacked 10 times and hit 30. And it's a miracle that he got hit as much as he did yesterday and held on to the ball. He didn't have a single fumble, which everyone likes to talk about. Danny and his fumbles, not last night, and he got absolutely destroyed by the Giants defensive line, not by the Cowboys defensive line. So the guy was running for his life. Not only that, Jones this whole season, he's been pressured 49 times, which is the most in the NFL. So again, you don't have to love him. You don't have to think he's the best quarterback ever. I don't think anyone thinks he's the best quarterback ever, but you got to give the guy credit. I texted my uncle and my brother during the second half or during the second quarter at the game. All we talk about is the Giants in this group chat. And I texted them and I said, Jones is going to be the leading rusher in this game. Guy's running for his life. He's doing whatever he can to extend plays, hold on to the ball, make moves. He had nine carries for 79 yards. And the only player on the Giants who beat him as the rushing leader was Saquon, to be expected, with 14 carries for 81 yards. He only had two more yards than Jones. Okay? That is insane. Jones is not Lamar Jackson. But he did what he could yesterday 
to make plays and to try to win this game. So you can't hate him for that. So he went 20 for 37 with 196 yards and one interception. Obviously, I know everyone is going to talk about the interception. Sills looked like he slipped. And it was, in my opinion, more the receiver's fault than it was Jones. Let's go back to the rushing leaders for a second. Behind Barkley and Jones, okay? So we went from 81 yards for Barkley, 79 to Jones. They were the only two, pretty much, who had some run game. Richie James had one carry for four yards. And Matt Breida had one carry for three yards. So Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones are the Giants' running game. At least they were in last night's game. So I just want to give Jones some credit for using his legs, making good decisions, and doing the best that he could while he was getting absolutely murdered by the Cowboys' defensive line. So speaking of that, I want to talk about the O-line before we get into the receiving yards because – I don't know why it's so hard for us to fix this O-line. And obviously, we're not the only team with O-line issues. You look at the Bengals, you know, you look at other teams and they have similar issues. But this team can't get it right. And I know there's a lot of talk today about hating on Evan Neal. And I don't think that's fair. People did it with Andrew Thomas. And look at Andrew Thomas. He is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. So if Evan Neal deals with the same rookie struggles that Thomas does, then I'm not worried about him. And again, the guy's only played in three games. And he was going against Demarcus Lawrence, who got to Jones three times. Those three sacks out of the five pressures that Neal allowed were from Demarcus Lawrence, who sacked Jones. So, you know, there's going to be some rookie struggles Do not write him off as a bust, you guys. I've seen that on Twitter today, and everyone needs to take a step back and relax. He's going to be fine. He's only played in three NFL games. And again, we saw the same thing happen with Andrew Thomas, and now look at him. Neil is going to get there. Now, when we talk about guys like Glowinski and Feliciano, I have a little bit of less leeway for them because they've been in the league for a while. So Glowinski had three pressures, Feliciano two, and Thomas two. So overall, just a bad night for the line. Everyone had a rough night. Thomas obviously was the best of them all, but still struggled a little bit. So, you know, I think it's going to improve over time, but some of these guys are not the long-term solution. So I don't know how... The coaching staff and ownership is really going to get this line fixed, but I don't know how Shane and Mara could watch that game last night and not just be absolutely horrified and be trying to figure out, you know, what they can do to fix it. So, again, I'm not worried about Neil. I'm not worried about Thomas. I think Joshua Zudu, who got some reps, you know, he's a rookie, too. He needs some work. Um, But... You know, Feliciano's not going to be here long term. We hope that Nick Gates looks like he could come back this year, but is he going to be the Nick Gates that he was? I don't know. Best case scenario, he is. He's the center for a long time. 
that would be amazing. But I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. But what I do know is that Jones is not going to make it out alive this year if this line does not improve. And it's a miracle last night that as injury prone as he is, that he walked out of the game with zero issues. So thank God for that. All right, now let's move back to the, we're going to continue on the offense. I want to talk about the receivers because, again, you can't blame Jones when receivers don't catch the ball, okay? So Barkley went four for four, 45 yards. Shep had 10 targets and only five receptions for 49 yards. And we know that Shep and Jones are the dynamic duo. They've got a great rapport. Shep is usually pretty reliable. Tough game for him last night. I mean, you can't have 10 targets and catch five of them. So not if you want to win games. And, you know, Jones put the ball where it needed to be. So it's on the receivers, guys. They have got to catch the ball. So Daniel Bellinger, we're seeing more of the tight ends be involved. We saw Chris Myrick again last night. Bellinger had... Um, five targets. He had four receptions for 40 yards. Good game for him. He's looking like he's improving. I'm excited to see more from him. I feel good about Bellinger, but I would have liked to see him go five for five. Richie James was about the same. Five targets, four receptions for 36 yards. I was hoping to see a bigger game out of James. Um, he was used during the punt returns, um, but I don't think he actually returned any of them because it looked like a lot of them were in the end zone. Um, let's get back on Sills for a second. So he had four targets, two receptions for 20 yards. Another guy that I was hoping to see a big game out of. I know he slipped on that last play with a minute left that ended up in an interception, um, which was an insane catch by Diggs and I don't like anyone on the Cowboys, and I especially don't like Diggs, but I will give him credit because that was a, a pretty good catch. Chris Myrick went one for one with six yards. And guys, we can't talk about the wide receivers without talking about Kenny Galladay. Now, Galladay had three targets and zero receptions. However, he had a beautiful 20-yard catch that excited Giants fans everywhere. And all I know is as a fan, I was thinking, oh, yes, this, this is what we've been waiting for. And then what happens? The Giants get an untimely flag like they seem to do at the worst moments. So the 20-yard beautiful catch by Galladay that we all thought was going to be the turning point for him was negated by an OPI call on Shep, which was absolute garbage and total BS. But still, sometimes the refs screw it up and sometimes they don't. And a lot of the times the Giants get the short end of the stick. It is what it is. We, you, we can't do anything about that, guys. But, you know, I just the Galladay thing, I don't know how often we're going to talk about this, but it's just disappointing. And he only played 24 snaps last night. So it's not a surprise that his targets were not that high, but I just, again, you got to catch the ball. Like between him 
Bellinger, like watching the balls go off these guys' hands, I'm like, I mean, you get paid $72 million. Obviously, don't play in the NFL, so I don't really know how hard it is. But I, I mean, it's very frustrating, very frustrating for all of us, I know. One other thing I want to point out on the receivers is that Darius Slayton played 14. Didn't have any targets. So I don't know if the line was better if we would have seen Slayton as more of a deep ball threat because Jones had zero seconds to have the time to try and go for a long ball. But maybe that's something that we'll see this week versus the Bears. So overall... Tough night for the offense. I mean, I think a lot of us probably saw that coming. Um, I was optimistic that I felt like, you know, if the line held up that they could make some plays, but I did not expect the line to get as destroyed as it did. And again, the receivers. I mean, Barkley and Jones and Graham Gano, three best players last night. And and it is what it is. So and moving along, you know, when we play the Bears on Sunday, I expect more from this offense. Dable said today that Wandale and Kadarius Tony are getting better, but they're not out of the woods yet. So the thing with Dable is I don't know if he is saying that because he doesn't want to give anything away or if he just genuinely doesn't think that they're going to be ready. So I don't know. If we could get one of those guys back on Sunday, I think it would make a really big difference, especially we got the news also from Dable today that Shepard tore his ACL and is out for the season. So we desperately need one, if not both, of those receivers back. I don't know if they will try and bring in someone like Alex Bachman, who already knows the system, who has a good rapport with Jones. There's a there's a chance that they do that. Um, There's some talk about Cole Beasley, though I don't really think we're in a financial position to do it, and I don't know if he would be willing to take a pay cut to play with Dable again. He might. I don't know. Stay tuned for that. One thing that is definitely not happening is the Giants signing OBJ. So I know that that is a hot topic, and it continues to be a hot topic because OBJ likes to respond to people, um, which is great, but I think he also is giving some fans a lot of false hope. So again, guys, he's coming off, not only is he coming off a huge injury and he's not even going to be ready until November at the earliest, like if anyone's lucky, um, we don't have any money. Just a reminder. I think a lot of people forget about that. So anyway, that covers it for the offense. Let's talk about the defense. So... We got Thibodeau and Aziz back, which a lot of us were very excited about, naturally. But they were on a pitch count, which Dable confirmed afterwards. Thibodeau only played 37 snaps and Aziz only 30. So not a big showing from those guys. I expect to see a lot more from them this week versus the Bears. But I know a lot of us as fans expected to see more of a pass rush, which we've really been missing the last couple weeks without the two of them. But having them back was really disappointing, honestly, because I think we all had higher expectations of them going in. 
and it didn't work out so well. So hopefully by the time Sunday rolls around, they are, you know, 100%, they are ready to go, and they get played in a lot more snaps, which I think we're going to see as long as there's not any setbacks. Someone we have to talk about who had a really good game, who I feel like we talk about a lot because he just is fantastic, is Julian Love. He led the defense with 14 tackles, four of them, which were solo. Excellent game for Love. I am really excited about what he's doing, and I'm excited to see more of him over the rest of the season. So nothing bad to say about him. Star player on the defense. Let's talk about some other guys, some who had good games and some who had not so good games. So obviously we missed Leo Williams desperately. Nick Williams and Dexter Lawrence stepped in. Now, I was hoping for a bigger game from Lawrence, too, because he has been playing well, but just not as well as I hoped last night. So Nick Williams had three tackles, one of which was solo. Zimenez had two pressures, one QB hit, and then Dexter Lawrence had one QB hit. So again, just we couldn't get the pressure there. And it's Cooper Rush, you guys. I think that makes this honestly the worst is that if we had, if Kayvon and Aziz were getting more reps and were just the guys that we thought they were going to be last night not only would have been a lot more fun to watch, um, you know, we could have gotten some more pressure. So I think the, you know, the lack of pressure on someone like Cooper Rush, you know, if they could have gotten there, it would have made a huge difference. So that was disappointing. Someone else who I was disappointed with was Adoree Jackson because he's been having a really good year. And last night he allowed seven receptions on eight targets, one of them, which was a touchdown. And listen, that catch from C.D. Lamb was unreal. Got to give the guy credit there. Um, but I, I just was expecting more from Jackson, and I feel like I really didn't see it from him last night, which was disappointing because he is the cornerback uh, one. So we we needed him to play better last night. And I think we could say that about a lot of guys, is that they just needed to play better overall last night. The receivers needed to catch the ball. The O-line needed to block so Jones didn't get killed. And, you know... The cornerbacks needed to get in front of the ball a little bit more. I mean, there were no turnovers. So that was disappointing, too. I was hoping for one or two of those. And again, just couldn't get there. Someone else who had a tough night, uh, Tay Crowder, led the defense with five missed tackles. And I feel like he's one of those guys that's really been hit or miss. He either has a really great game or a really not so great game. Um, and I just want to see improvement out of him. I, I really want to see more from him next week. I, I feel like, you know, he's he's kind of a good example of what the defense is like overall. They, you know, played really well for the first half, even into the third quarter. And then it kind of just fell apart like it always does. Right. The last few minutes of Giants games, the defense just they can't hold on to it like they did in the beginning which is a problem that we've all dealt with for many, many years, not just this year. So it's a surprise to not many of us. But overall, um, you know, I expected more from the defense. I think they held up their end more than the offense did. There's no doubt about that. I mean, they held the Cowboys to only 20 points, so um, or 23. 
excuse me, 23 points. So, you know, they held up their end of the bargain to a degree. So anyway, let's move along to special teams because we need to talk about special teams. Who we really need to talk about is Graham Gano, who is just a a shining light when anything goes wrong for the Giants. Graham Gano is is a steady, constant fixture that we can rely on and that always does good things. So last night he had two 51-yard field goals and a 42-yarder. Now, the first 47-yard attempt was blocked, which I'm sure everyone else dealt with this last night. The traffic getting into MetLife was horrendous. So I finally get into MetLife. I get my seat. I'm there as the Giants are driving down the field. They're coming right to my end zone. I'm like, yes, this is great. I got here at the perfect time. And then the field goal gets blocked. And I was like, this is not a good start. Not not a good start. So it wasn't Gano's fault. Um, someone missed the block and that's what happens. So one day I would like to see our special teams unit do that to another team. Um, maybe we'll be really lucky and it's this week. I don't know if I see that happening. But special teams kind of concerns me a little bit because this is, you know, I know we all talked about it during preseason that we were concerned, but then, you know, we kind of just figured there were a lot of rookies and, you know, some guys who weren't going to make the team and, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, And then the regular season came and we were like, no, it's going to get better. This is what I was thinking. It's going to get better, right? We're going to see improvement every week. And well, there's a little bit of improvement, but there's still a lot of improvement that needs to be done. So the tackling uh, is horrendous. I mean, on one of the punt returns towards the end of the game, Jamie Gillen was the one who, who tackled the returner. I'm like, really, guys? You gotta, it's gotta come all the way this far for someone to make a tackle, just like Graham Gano ended up with a concussion because he's the one making tackles on special teams. That's a little bit concerning to me. But the good news is, is Graham Gano can make tackles. Um, not only can he make tackles, he can kick 50 plus yard field goals, which Listen, if the Giants can't score touchdowns, then God knows they need to be able to hit field goals. So thank you, Graham Gano. I hope he wins NFC uh, Special Teams Player of the Week again because he deserves it. So the last two things I want to talk about, and I know we briefly talked about Shep and I, you know, I love Shep. I think aside from the fact that he's a great player, he's a great giant, he's a great person, he's involved in the community, um, you know, he seems like he's great with his kids, all of these types of things. He's he's one of those guys in the locker room that is always lifting up other people. And he just seems like such a good presence. Um, and he's one of those guys who just always looks happy. So I'm really, I'm really sad about Shep, especially like as a player, just knowing that this likely was going to be his last year with the Giants um and him and Jones just have that really good connection that I I felt like if Shep could stay healthy this would be a really big year for him so it sucks so I feel for him um I'm sending him good energy and I hope he has a speedy recovery but I do think that that was his last game played with the Giants which is a real bummer for us and I'm sure for him so um anyway wishing him good luck I hope he um 
has a good recovery and I'm really bummed about what happened. But I do want to end this podcast on a good note because last night during halftime, the Giants added seven players into the Ring of Honor. And it was a really special ceremony. Guys like um, Michael Strahan and Lawrence Taylor were at the game and, you know, they got involved. And I just thought it was great to see them there. And, you know, just really when the Giants are being the Giants and having a tough season, it's amazing to see good things like this happen, right? So during halftime, there were seven Giants inducted into the Ring of Honor. So they had five of them that were there in attendance. So former running backs Joe Morris, Otis Anderson, and Rodney Hampton, defensive end Leonard Marshall, and Ronnie Barnes, who is the Senior Vice President of Medical Services. He's been on the Giants medical staff for 47 years. That's longer than I've been alive. So if anyone deserves it, it's Ronnie Barnes and these other guys who just were amazing players and members of the Giants teams. A lot of them won Super Bowls and championships were the Giants and just really amazing players and people. So there were two more members um, that weren't that I didn't mention just yet that were inducted into the 2022 Ring of Honor class. So one of them... um, Defensive back Jimmy Patton, and then the second was halfback um, and receiver Kyle Rote. Now, both of them are deceased, and they were resented, pre- uh, represented by their sons. So they uh, weren't in attendance last night, but I loved that the Giants still honored them and, um, you know, shared their legacy with a lot of us who didn't actually get to witness these guys play live. So I think it's a wonderful testament to the Giants' legacy and to the brand and all of the good stuff that John Mara and the team does actually do. I know a lot of us as fans get on John Mara a lot, but again, you got to give credit where credit's due. He surprised all of these guys by telling them that uh, he had them come in during I think it was during the preseason and you know didn't tell them what it was for and they came and just told them that you know they were going to be talking to the players and some of the veterans and the rookies and that kind of thing and surprised them and said they were all going to be in the ring of honor so um, it was a special night for them I know it was a special night for their teammates and for Giants fans and the organization as a whole so really happy that I got to be there there were tons of Giants fans in attendance last night Of course, there were Cowboys fans, but I was impressed to see MetLife Stadium compared to what it's looked like the past couple years. It was amazing to see that many Giants fans in attendance. Everyone took the whiteout thing seriously. There were white jerseys and shirts and jackets and everything possible all around the stadium. So the fans brought it. We did the best we could. Ultimately, the Giants fell to the Cowboys 23 to 13, uh, 23 to 16, their first loss of the season. But the season's not over. This team is going to continue to improve. And I think that they are going to beat the Bears this week. I think we're going to see improvement. I hope we get receivers back. We need them desperately. And I expect to see a lot more from. Thibodeau and Aziz this week and we'll see if we get any updates on Leah Williams because that's another guy that we would really love to have back this week so 
Stay tuned. As always, I will keep you guys updated. Thank you so much for listening. You can subscribe on Apple and Spotify podcasts. This is called the Everything New York Giants podcast. I am your host, Adriana. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at New York Giants Fangirl. I will talk to you guys next week.